Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Apple executive forced out after quoting 80s movie. What's going on with Bruce Willis right now? And a hurricane reporter pulls a stunt that tops them all. You're watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Let's dive in. I've talked a lot about ESG policies on this show, the great reset social crediting system for corporations that transformed transforms ESG-aligned companies into activist corporations and turns them into weapons for the globalist progressive agenda. The key with the ESG thing is that it uses bribery and the threat of social reputational harm, shame, to get businesses to do things that appeal to almost none of their actual customer base and, in fact, actually drives them away so that they can do woke virtue signals and get ESG investing funding from BlackRock and others. It's a backwards system, which is why it's collapsing and why many companies are walking back some of their woke ESG policies. Other companies, however, are still clinging to this backwards illogical ESG model as it stands. Companies like Virgin Atlantic, who published the worst advertisement for a company that you think would want to attract customers in the history of mankind earlier this week. I covered that in the Drive Time News Blast XR earlier this week. And also companies like Apple, who if it wasn't for Virgin Atlantic, would win this week's award for dumbest ESG-motivated move by a corporation, which, as I said, consisted of them firing a top longtime executive because he committed the unforgivable sin of quoting a movie on camera. Here's the story. Apple fired one of their top executives this week, a guy named Tony Blevins, who had been with the company for 22 years and has been an integral part of Apple's success, following what Bloomberg described as a crude comment he made to a popular TikToker earlier this month in a video that went viral. Blevins was approached by a TikToker named Daniel Mack, whose shtick is approaching strangers who are getting out of expensive cars and asking them what they do for a living while he films them. When he approached Blevins and asked him what he did for a living, Blevins, who was seen getting out of his car with a female, both of whom were laughing, he responded by saying, I have rich cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women, but I take the weekends and major holidays off. The video, which ended up having 1.3 million views, was seen by members, unnamed members, of Apple's operations team, who then reported the video to Apple's Human Resources Department, which then triggered an internal investigation at the company. After the investigation was conducted, the decision was made by Apple Chief Operating Officer and Tim Cook's number two in command, Jeff Williams, to fire Blevins. All for what he said on the camera there. Almost on the surface seems like his grab-em-by-the-pee moment that happened upon him while that guy just walked up to him and started filming him. This move, according to Bloomberg, marks a high-profile example of where Apple's leadership has stepped up in proving its commitment to stamping out bad behavior and supporting diversity. And that's what this is about here. This ESG stuff I was talking about. Apple has been getting pressured from activists within the company because they send all these 
intrapreneurs that they call them, which are activists designed to go in companies and mobilize like union-like organizations with the other employees to try and bully the company into bending the knee to the progressive agenda. And these employees have been complaining that Apple is not holding up its promise. They're not following through on that promise to create an inclusive and welcoming atmosphere to women and minorities. My guess is that those internal complainers are the same ones who reported the video to Apple's HR in the first place. And so Apple decided that it was going to take this opportunity to try and get this bump in, a, in their ESG scores by demonstrating that they are, in fact, woke, despite what these employees say. They're so woke that they're so woke and they're so into stakeholder capitalism. That stakeholder capitalism is important here because they, they showed that they'll fire a 22-year vet of the company who's been praised for his negotiation skills and credited with expanding the company's bottom line greatly over the years due to his alleged non-woke comments, putting the stakeholders above the shareholders, the way Klaus Schwab talks about it anyway. Let's look at the actual video so you can determine for yourself whether you think that this is actually a fireable offense. Here it is. Ooh, good sir, your car's awesome. What do you do oh, for a living? <laughs> I race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. <laughs> but I take weekends and major holidays off. Okay. <laughs> That is quite the career. I'm looking to get into that. Well, also, if you're interested, i got a hell of a dental plan. Okay. <laughs> you do it all. You do it all. Yeah. And you participate in this activity. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, there Good it is. Sir, your car's awesome. What do you Which is, it's, it's very interesting to me because it, it seems strangely familiar. I feel like I have heard that before. Like, maybe even I've seen it before. That's perhaps because... Maybe I have seen it before. What do you do for a living? Oh, I race cars, I play tennis, I fondle women, but I have weekends off and I am my own boss. <laughs> Bisman, the plaza. Let's step on it. Sir. That is from the 1981 film Arthur, which he was clearly quoting when he got out of the car there, laughing with the woman in the car with him. Maybe they watched the movie earlier. Maybe they were talking about it on the way. They were clearly joking around. They were having a conversation when this person walked up, and it spilled over into the TikTok video. And now he has been fired for it after 22 years of devoted service to Apple, who just really made an example of him because of this horrible, offensive thing that he said. He got fired for ESG purposes because he quoted a movie. Does that, does nobody care about that? Can you imagine seeing this video, by the way, of them laughing, getting out of the car, making this quote, I guess not knowing or maybe knowing and not caring that this is an actual quote from the movie and saying, oh my gosh, I better alert the HR department. The reality is that it's unlikely that it was anyone who was truly offended by the video who reported it. it. These unnamed people who reported it, as I said, are probably one and the same as those who have been complaining about Apple not following through on their wokeness. They probably sought this out. This is, what, this is what they do. They seek out reasons to cancel people in these situations so they can do these demonstrations and try and hold these companies accountable. And I think that's probably what was going on here. And I got to say, that didn't really look like a fireable offense to me, that interaction that we saw in that video. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think? Should he have been fired over quoting that movie? And if he, 
if it is a fireable offense, shouldn't everybody who's even seen that movie or and considers that movie okay, doesn't hate that movie, shouldn't they be fired as well? Maybe Apple could do a survey of all of their employees, ask them, have you seen the 1981 movie author? Did you like it? And all of the ones that say, yes, they have, and yes, they do, well, they should be fired immediately and made an example of, very publicly fired. And for each one, Apple should get a little bit of a boost in their ESG social credit score and a little bit more money from BlackRock. What a world we live in where a guy who has worked for Apple for 22 years and has been a major part of their success gets fired for quoting a movie because Apple felt the need to virtue signal. Meanwhile, over at CNN, you can literally masturbate in front of your female co-workers on a Zoom call and you get to keep your job as chief legal analyst for another two years where you will be commenting on hashtag MeToo-related stories. We live in a world where the punishment for quoting a movie is worse than the punishment for wanking it in front of your female colleagues. Blevins should have just done that, whip it out in front of them instead of committing that unforgivable sin of quoting an idiotic film. He might have gotten a promotion had he just done that. Wank it on camera, never quote a film on camera. That's the lesson learned that Hunter Biden is definitely taken to heart, as we know. Fortunately, many companies are seeing how illogical and backwards it is to run a company on this ESG model, and they are calling out the flaws in the ESG system. Here are a few headlines from this week to demonstrate The Economist. The fundamental contradiction of ESG is being laid bare. From CNBC, there is an ESG backlash inside the executive ranks at top companies. From CNBC again, ESG without returns is simply not sustainable. From the Wall Street Journal, another ESG champion disappoints. Surprise, not all consumers think soap should have a social agenda. So that's not to say that Klaus and his buddies won't make some adjustments to the ESG model and continue to try and push it forward. Their great reset, the entire thing, depends on it working. So they're going to keep trying to tweak it and make adjustments. But that's good because that means it's failing. That means the resistance is working, the fact that they have to make adjustments. And when they do make adjustments, you know what? We will also make adjustments and we will continue resisting this backwards, illogical agenda And that's what we're going to do. All right, next story. You may remember that Bruce Willis retired from acting not long ago after making a public statement with his family via an Instagram post, not a video, just a post, about his aphasia diagnosis, which is described as a language disorder that causes issues with reading, listening, and speaking. Aphasia is listed also, which many people don't talk about this, as a rare side effect of the COVID vaccine and Willis did say in an interview shortly after the vaccine rollout that he was pressured into getting the vaccine despite not wanting to get it. Did that cause his aphasia? I don't know. I just know that it's listed as a rare side effect. So are there other potential causes? Of course there are. But when you're not allowed to mention one glaring possible cause, then that's the one that seems to occupy the mind. And with the way Willis seems to It seems like he's being handled, very much so, because none of the statements we get ever come from him. There's never any video of him, and they blame that on the aphasia. Although we see that former NSA head do interviews all the time, despite he obviously having aphasia. It just seems like Bruce Willis has been co-opted to me, and he is now being controlled for other agenda purposes. And it makes me sad. It bums me out, to be honest with you. I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. And here's a story about Bruce Willis that, adds to the oddity of what's been going on with him that made me pose the question, what exactly is going on with Bruce Willis? Because he seems to be being used as a puppet, unfortunately. And here's the headline. Bruce Willis becomes first celebrity to sell rights to deep fake firm. Bruce Willis has just become the first Hollywood star to sell his rights to the possibility of a digital twin to the U.S. firm Deep Cake, 
With the use of deepfake technology, Willis has offered his likeness to be used on screen for future projects following his first experience with the digital manipulation in a commercial for a Russian phone service at, called Megaphone last year. Deepfake technology allows for the use of the person's likeness to be superimposed over another individual. Through the use of machine learning and AI, it's possible to create a visual and audio twin of someone in videos. Though the ability to recreate someone so nearly flawlessly does raise a few ethical questions, the technology has already been utilized within the Star Wars universe with Rogue One, as well as the Mandalorian Season 2. In 2021, Willis gave permission to Deep Cake in order to appear in a commercial, allowing his face to be digitally transplanted onto another performer. Now the actor has officially sold his rights and his likeness to be essentially hired by Deep Cake for future productions. What's the implications there? How can your likeness be used? Is there any limitations on that? What if they want to make him the star of a movie where he's struggling as he's transitioning into a female, a transgender female? Not typically a role that Bruce, you would think Bruce Willis would accept. Will they be able to just put him in those roles if he has signed away his likeness? That seems like a really bold thing to sign that away. It makes me think of Michael Jackson, somebody else owning, was it Beatles or Paul McCartney owned Michael Jack the rights to Michael Jackson's music or something. Maybe I'm getting that wrong, but this seems like a lot of that going on and it's going to lead to a lot of liberties people might be able to take with others' images. Now that the actor has officially sold his rights and likeness to be essentially hired by Deep Cake for future productions. With the use of deepfake technology, Willis will be able to make a cameo in a Russian commercial uh, he made that cameo only last year without ever stepping foot on set. On his experience with the deep cake, with the deep cake, with deep cake, <laughs> Willis said, I liked the precision with which my character turned out. It's a mini movie in my usual action comedy genre. It just doesn't sound like something Bruce Willis would say. It sounds very written by somebody else. And then he said, allegedly, for me, it is a great opportunity to go back in time. With the advent of modern technology, even when I was on another continent, I was able to communicate, work, and participate in the filming. It's a very new and interesting experience, and I think, uh, and I thank our entire team for it. That was a very advertising-like messages for for that company. So that was clearly not written by Bruce Willis, in my opinion. Here is the Russian advertisement that was referenced. I'll try to describe it as best I can for those just listening says this is not Bruce Willis and it shows what looks like Bruce Willis in the ad. Okay, the image goes, it shows the actual actor, then it shows Bruce Willis's face in the transformation. It does look just, you wouldn't know it wasn't Bruce Willis unless you were told that. Here is, I'm going to show you the actual website of this company and i encourage those who are listening i'll put the link in the show notes to check this company out this deep cake company because they're the first one to sign a major actor they're going to be a major player in this in the future so it might be interesting to see what they're doing it says brand brand endorsement videos with celebrities and influencers so these endorsement videos are deep fakes obviously and they had some images they were featuring some images of bruce willis on yeah they got bruce willis here and it has you can click make my ai twin so you can pay them to make your AI twin. Maybe they can see now there's a video of Bruce Willis on the front that's not Bruce Willis. And they're just putting Bruce Willis on all these people's faces. The website is deepcake.io. 
Check that out, deepcake.io. It's a, an interesting thing for sure. And maybe you can get your digital, digital likeness made by them and it can fill in for you during Zoom calls at work if it can interact live or just whatever, be believable enough in its responses. Where the world is going, uh, I do not know. So what are the implications of technology like this? I mean, there are so many. We could never cover them in one show. But this company, Deepfake, offers its services for a portion of the fee necessary to have the star, like Bruce Willis, featured in a production. And with the technology, the ability to see stars in roles after they've died can become a reality. It already has, actually, which is a little hair-raising, the article says, in its infancy, but isn't unheard of. Deepfake can be used to de-age actors. We've seen that with De Niro, as well as bring back old Hollywood stars. So we'll never have to have a new star again. We can just keep watching the same people for all of eternity. And the company suggests that deepfakes allow production teams a sort of convenience, removing the hassle of scheduling conflicts, travel expenses, insurance, and I would also add actors who are problematic on stage. I'm betting that we start to see written into contracts for acting gigs the clause that if the actor causes problems on set and becomes too difficult to deal with, that they can just fire them or get rid of them and just use their deepfake. Now, they would have to pay the actor still, but they could just decide that it's far easier to deal with a deepfake than it is to deal with an egotistical, perhaps, actor. So that, that's going to be interesting to see how they, the legalities of this. First of all, to me, this whole thing feels like Bruce Willis has been captured, as I mentioned, and is being used for the mouthpiece for whatever weird agenda this is. And secondly, where does this go from here? I mean, really, where does this go from here if we play this out? Everybody talks about the political divisions, the Civil War, the World War even, but to me, this is the actual scary stuff right here. I mean, this stuff right here, it, imagine if we reach a point where we all know that the technology exists, we've seen it, I mean, we're starting to see it. It's being used in real time in the real world right now. We know that what we're looking at on screen could very well be a deep fake, maybe even a high probability that it's a deep fake, but it doesn't matter because we can't tell. There's nothing we could do to figure out whether or not it's a real person or not that we're looking at through these screens. And I got to tell you, I think that when it reaches that point and we're getting there, then I think the solution is to get off the screens because as far as I know now anyway, they can't deep fake a person into actual reality, physical reality. But who knows? Maybe they can. Maybe the holodeck does exist and maybe we're all living on it. Maybe we're characters on the holodeck. So it is going to be interesting to see too because actors are being replaced. They're being replaced Kind of like other jobs are being replaced by robots and AI, whatever you want. Some people say AI doesn't exist. Whatever they say that AI is, at least they're claiming to fill roles that used to be filled by people. And this isn't the first time this has happened. It's a couple of years ago, there was a story about a film that was being made about James Dean, and they were trying to cast the lead, and they auditioned many real actors for the role, but the film then decided that due to the complexity of the role and them not finding anyone who they thought fit the role, that... They should just cast AI instead. And by casting that AI, they replaced the actual actor with AI. So he lost out. They took our jobs. So the film hasn't come out yet. Maybe it will never come out. But the point is that we all have to look out for what's going on here because it's getting a little bit crazy. New actors in the future could very well end up getting none of the credit for their work. Their name may never be known. Their voice may never be heard. No one's going to have any clue that they did all of the work, yet... The celebrity whose face was imposed upon theirs gets all of the credit. The long dead, perhaps, celebrity. It might not be as an appealing job anymore. This is not the only deep fake related story today. One more deep fake related story. James Earl Jones. 
retires from voicing Darth Vader. He, he will be passing the rollover to his own voice. So he retires, but his voice is not retiring because they're going to be recreating his voice through AI technology. He is using, they're going to be using an AI program that can learn his tones and inflections. And Jones signed over the rights to his archival voice recordings to what's called respeacher. See, again, what does that mean to sign over your archival voice recordings to somebody? Can they just use this any way they want? I mean, this is going to be a problem. The decision by Disney to create an AI-generated version of Jones' voice is interesting because other actors have played Darth Vader and they didn't get an opportunity for the role. They went ahead and gave it to the AI. Get used to this happening, man. An actor, like I said, comes a problem on set, use the deep fake, kick them off, get them out of here, and we'll just use those archival voice recordings to put them in any role that we want. There's also something interesting about the company Respeacher. It happens to be a Ukraine-based company. Artificial intelligence developed in Ukraine is taking over one of the most treasured roles in film, this article says, as James Earl Jones step back, steps back as the voice of Darth Vader. And this voice, the recreation of his voice was helped, created by this Respeacher company, which has already been used to help make his voice sound 45 years younger in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. The AI clone of his voice could then be layered after... So they used all these past performances, clips from his old work, and then the AI clone of his voice could then be layered over lines read by another actor to create a Darth Vader who sounds more real than the real thing. This is how it works. It takes a few months to prepare the audio for the screen. And what they do is they get a bunch of initial takes and they convert them with different varieties of models. And then the client takes a listen to see if the performance is right. And then maybe these things, they might need to be tweaked a little bit or adjusted, but then they pick the model that they like the most and we proceed from there. And what's more is that this goes beyond just the entertainment industry. There was a story earlier this week about Roger Stone being accused, or Roger Stone accusing CNN of showing a deep fake video of him to make it look like he was guilty of trying to plan the January 6th, quote, incident, uh, or quote, insurrection ahead of time. And we knew that this was going to be coming. There's also been the, th this rise of believable deep fakes. It also corresponds with the rise of virtual Zoom calls and working from home, which gives politicians more opportunities to be on screen and deep fake themselves into our lives. We saw this already in the presidential race in South Korea earlier, th earlier this year, where the now president of South Korea, who won the election, his campaign used deepfakes of him that looked younger and spoke the language of the youth, which he himself in turn began speaking like his deepfake. He became his deepfake. His opponent began by criticizing this, and then he also used that tactic. So we had two deepfakes running for president against each other in South Korea, and after winning, the current president said they will continue to use deepfakes to communicate with the public over there in South Korea. Also, with this happening already and the, the whole Zoom culture we live in, it makes you start to wonder, who's to say that the Vladimir Zelensky, who only ever appears virtually, who's to say that what we see on screen is, is actually him and not a deepfake? We don't ever see him in person. Just wait till the deepfakes can react in real time, and we're going to be in quite a conundrum there. Speaking of Zelensky, Zelensky spoke at Harvard Yesterday, you know, he speaks everywhere. He decided to stop and speak to the students virtually, obviously, at the John F. Kennedy Jr. Forum at the Harvard School yesterday. During his talk, he said something interesting, if not revealing. He made the case that in the Ukraine-Russia war, offense, not defense, is the best strategy. Here's how he put it. He said, prevention is the basis for lasting peace. The measure to cut short any aggression, the measure to save more lives than you would save by redirecting or by reacting to something that already happened. 
You could put those words in every comic book supervillain's mouth, and it would shake people to their core, but Volodymyr Zelensky says it, and it's very righteous. He went on to talk about how the way to peace is not for Ukraine or its allies to wait to see whether the Kremlin will make good on its nuclear bomb blackmail on its nuclear blackmail and threats to further annex territory in Ukraine, but to, but to take preventative action now to ensure that it does not. Preventative action. This is what he told U.S. Defense Secretary Ashton Carter, director of the Belfort Center for Science and International Affairs at the Kennedy School, during the discussion about peace and leadership. He didn't elaborate on the steps that he took, but he did say that the most effective is to, that that was what he thought was most effective, is that offensive approach. And he sounds a lot like the guy from the Chatham House as well as the woman from the Chatham House in the clips from earlier this week where they were very much advocating for military inter- intervention by the West. So, Zelensky also said that to feel for themselves that the war is over, that peace has been regained, that not some of the areas have to be deoccupied, that they need to become absolutely whole again. And he went on to tell students how they could help the cause, and that is by propagating all the messages that he propagates. And he was asked about, oh, he was explaining how he's been able to achieve a cohesive effort with an army that's gone toe-to-toe against the much larger Russian force. And Zelensky said it takes highly motivated people willing to follow you and watch your back. Your key weapon is people. This is very true. This is why they're trying to capture our hearts and our minds. And he then went on to say that it's not enough just to live in Ukraine and love Ukraine. You have to be ready to give your life for Ukraine. War propaganda from the man in the army green shirt. Haven't we given him enough money where he can afford to at least spend a little bit of it on a new shirt? Because he's been wearing that same shirt for seven months. And I also feel like it's wrong that he even has to keep asking us for the money. I mean, he's fighting a war. We should just give him billions on a weekly basis, no questions asked. It should just be deposited directly into his personal bank account. All right, moving on. Before we get to this final story of the free portion of the show, which is going to be about the best stunt pulled off by one of these hurricane reporters yet, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the DMBXR, which is how Tom Cruise once used the grandest of gestures to woo the object of his desire and how YouTube censored the censored compilation videos showing Democrats questioning the 2016 election. And we'll check in to see how progressives are faring in the midterms elections thus far. And if you want to get access to that subscriber-only content, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. What you will get along with the exclusive content is you also get this show, the DMB ad-free. I take the ads out for our subscribers. Check that out. This is how I fund the show. If you want to make a one-time donation to help out, you can do that through my PayPal, which will be linked in the show notes. And I know times are tight, and, and if you want to help out in other ways, then what you can do is you can share the show with your friends, and you can leave a five-star rating with a heartwarming comment that also makes me feel good, and it helps the show rise up in the search engine rankings. Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report. All right, on to the final story of the day. Nothing is stupider to me than the live-on-the-scene hurricane reporting. It's the dumbest show on earth. It's stupid. There's nothing dumber. Hurricane reporting makes the dumbest thing you've ever seen on TV look brilliant. It makes the TLC, My 600-Pound Life, look like Breaking Bad. Hurricane reporting makes Joy Reid look like Rand Paul. Okay, it makes the dumb look like it's brilliant. It's full of nothing but idiots pretending to take everything that they have just to not get swept away by the powerful gusting winds they're trying to desperately withstand, all for the sake of just getting us the news about the storm. It's just stunt after stunt after stunt, and they're all the same. 
except for one that happened yesterday. This one was a little bit different, a little bit different of a stunt. Let me get my screen ready to share with you all so you can see it because you got to see this one to believe it. During the live broadcast, NBC2's Kyla Gaylor was reporting on Hurricane Ian's landfall from a parking lot in Fort Myers, Florida, where social media viewers began commenting on some, something odd about her microphone. Gaylor addressed the comments by saying that a lot of people are asking what is on my microphone. It is what you think it is. And I'll put this up on screen so you can see it. It is what you think it is. It's a condom. It helps protect the gear. You can't get the mics wet. There's a lot of wind and a lot of rain, so we got to do what we got to do. And this has put a condom on the microphone. One tweeter said that NBC2 is practicing safe microphone reporting during Hurricane Ian. Another said that this, that NBC really got this woman out here holding a mic wrapped in a condom, holding it up to her face. Here's the video. What is on my microphone? It is what you think it is. It's a condom. This reporter is out here practicing safe hurricane reporting as hurricane all right that's enough of that there so this is a great stunt brilliant while all these other networks have these clowns these douchey dudes pretending that the wind and rain are blowing them away while we see people walking perfectly normal behind them not being blown away and telling us to fight climate change in the process we have this reporter who happens to be a very attractive blonde woman standing there with a microphone in front of her face and a condom rolled down on that microphone. It's absolutely brilliant. Not only is it provocative, but the fact that she's hot is going to fulfill some of many, many of her odd, pervy viewers' fantasies with some of this stuff. I mean, this is the stuff dreams are made of for some of these people. A hot chick rolling a condom down onto a mic that she's da dangling in front of her face, speaking about deadly weather storms. Hell yeah, some people are screaming. I mean, good on them for doing something a little bit different. You know, maybe it's serious. I, I have a hard time believing that that's not a stunt because to believe that, you would have to believe that they've never gone bare microphone before and that there is no other way to protect the microphones from rain. Of all the technology we have, the best we could do is, oh no, it's raining. Anybody got a condom? I don't know that that's the best we can do with uh, where technology has come. So maybe it was normal, but I think that they were trying to just get attention and they did a fantastic job of it. So I applaud this effort. Finally, something new to hurricane reporting. And finally, it is worth pointing out that it is true that if you do decide to go bear microphone, you might soon after find yourself having to make the difficult decision to abort the broadcast. All right, that's the show for today. Thank you for watching and listening. Again, if you want that subscriber-only content, which we're about to get into, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. You can find the Propaganda Report podcast wherever you get your podcast and at propagandafight.com. We will talk to you next week. Have a fantastic rest of your day and weekend.